You ready? Yep. How about you? Yep. Start it up. Episode 21.2 of the Big Red Van, Who Is It? Our middle segment where we bring in a variety of guests from all over the country. Tonight we head north to Knoxville and pick up Director of Photography with Pop Fizz Productions, Mr. Cody Walters. As another member of the old paintball crew and longtime friend, Cody went and made something of himself. With his own TV show and many projects, past and present, let's hear what he had to say. This is the Big Red Van. Episode 21.2. We didn't have to go far for this one either. Mr. Cody Walters, director of photography at Pop Fizz, which is a production company up the road in Knoxville, correct? Yep. Man, can you tell us what that is? We do commercial production. Uh, we got a couple television series um, that we do, editing in house. We shoot everything, produce everything, write everything. So, yeah, we're kind of a one stop shop. Get yeah. it all done. Yeah, exactly. E- everything, all the talent in one yeah, spot. Man. That's fun. I have actually a question about that, so we'll, we'll get that down in the road, but that's good mm-hmm. that it's all done there, because you're going to be probably able to speak to it. Yeah, so that's sure. good. You may or may not have listened to one or two episodes of how we do this. It's just kind of, we go around the room, press conference, ask you questions. Totally. So you actually know Hayden and I for a I long do. time. Yeah, so. for way back. Way back. We were talking about conversation. I think we we're had. pushing a decade. Yeah, at least. we're close. Easily. And we had a conversation yeah. ten, 10 years ago yeah. about the Butcher Brothers. Yeah. And you were actually the one that turned me on to that. Yeah, man. And we did an episode about it and all that. So it's, I know. It's, I got to go back and listen to that. Well, it's I'm really still, crazy how yeah. how you know involved you are with that story, how much you know about it. We were just talking about it, and yeah. you were reminding me of things that I forgot to mention on the pod. So totally. It's, totally. It's really cool. So we go way back with Cody. So let's kind of dig into what you do as director of photography. You do some yeah, stuff locally with film here in Tennessee and yeah. some stuff you've done you know all over. So yeah. we'll get into all that. Hayden, why don't you kick it off with Mr. Cody? So can you just explain to me, because I don't understand all this movie production jargon, but what does a director of photography actually mean? So I have basically the whole camera and lighting department under me. I'm the manager of both departments. And I have a guy that I can go to for the lighting side. He's the gaffer. And I can go to my first assistant camera on the camera side. Um, But it's kind of my job to go in, scout places, figure out where we're going to put the camera, how we're going to do lighting, what it's going to take to do it budget-wise. And, uh, yeah, so just basically when we get on to set, I'm managing those departments. We execute a plan and get it done. Huh. Hmm. You you come up with the budget for the lighting and the film? Yeah, like I'll talk to the gaffer and, like, we'll go into a space and, like, you know, if there's a ton of windows, I know we're going to spend some time maybe blocking light if the lights, if we're shooting at a bad time of day or something like that. Just something that maybe the producer didn't think of and, uh... Yeah, we just kind of go from there, come up with a kind of plan. I mean, we have a budget that we have to kind of stick to, you know, but sometimes it's a little flexible. So you're just a part of the overall budget for the movie, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Okay. And you got to keep costs like that down as yeah. much as possible. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you want to be hired back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure they squeeze you a little tight. Like, yeah. Cody, you need to get it done with this. Yeah, exactly. You, you listen to them. That's neat. So, all right. So if you're saying that you're the one that essentially makes the shot happen. Yeah. Like what's the, I thought that was more of like the director's thing. Is that, or did well, they, they I, answer to you? When no, it comes no, to no, no, things. no, no. We all serve the director is like probably the best way to put it. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's the top dog. Like the director and I'll sit together well before we start shooting and kind of come up with a shot list, what he has in his mind. And some directors and what is capable under the budget. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you come to a compromise. Some directors are really, really hands-on. They want to dictate everything and that's totally fine. It's their prerogative. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes they're like, Hey, I don't know, whatever you're feeling in the space, you know, let's go look at it, you know, see what sticks out to you. So it really just depends. Um, but yeah, that's, that's basically the gist of it. But yeah, we're all like, I, I don't, I don't ever just kind of like go rogue and like, nah, we're going to shoot this, you know? <laughs> no, like it, it, it ultimately is the director's decision. Okay. That was just, I, I didn't know if it was like an, a director is only in charge of the people acting or something. No, or if, no, no. If no. they get he, into that much detail with you or a lot the, of my job is done way before we even get on set. Like we have storyboards, I mean, in a perfect world, it yeah. doesn't always in happen. A perfect world. <laughs> but like, yeah, we, we kind of have the whole thing planned out. I mean, and that, you know, I use the, uh, um, analogy, like if you're just selling a car to someone and someone can't see the car, like, right. you're obviously not going to get what you want out of the situation. So, I mean, mm. you kind of have to build the whole scene before you even get on set to kind of sell people and like yeah this is why we need this or this you know that's how you get your budget made yeah yeah that's how i try to from what i've heard or read about or seen and uh interviews from directors yeah a lot of them don't really know what they want until they see it yeah so they you said that a lot of them are hands-on yeah you know and i'm sure that some of them that aren't kind of come in with more of a vision that's defined of what they want and things like that so therefore it's more it's going to be this period i guess i could personally vision the hands-on ones being ones that more kind of go with it as they see it totally yeah and like a lot of times music video directors and commercial directors have a style and it doesn't necessarily like matter what piece they're directing like the company the agency hired them because hey i like your style i think you could sell the shit out of refrigerators right. for us you know <laughs> and those directors are just like yeah we'll just go with the flow and you know kind of see what sure. happens and i feel like if it's narrative story driven those directors like they're immersed in it you know hmm. they're breathing eating living that stuff and commercial directors i mean you come in couple days you know you got three weeks of pre-production but you come in a couple days shoot a spot on to the next you know sure i mean a commercial you might get your best shot somebody improving something totally you know but yeah. those storytellers yeah. like you said are gonna be yeah you didn't say that word with the right inflection <laughs> exactly <Yeah. laughs> that's not how he would have said it right yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly my first question written down was gonna say explain your job a little for our listeners but i feel like you already did that yeah i think um, a little bit yeah so my next question is how do you know carson <laughs> Because you know, you know Mr. Carson nicely, I right? I do, yeah. You asked me to be on the podcast, and you're like, we just had an actor on, and it'll be like, it'll be great. And I had no idea who it was, and you sent me the podcast. And I, I wanted saw... to go from actor to director. Yeah. So we went on screen, and now tell me yeah. behind the scenes. So... And yeah, I saw Carson's name, and I was like, shit, I have to go after him? Like, 
That dude, he's handsome, funny. He's killing it in L.A. Like, yeah, I know him from playing paintball with uh, Hayden. Right. So, mm. yeah, that was way the back. paintball circle, which isn't done yet. Yeah, <clears throat> it's it it's pretty out. wide. So deep. It's a pretty wide circle. Yeah, <laughs> that goes back to high school though. Yeah, Long way time. back. I think I was a sophomore in high school when I started playing. Some talented individuals in that circle. There if really I do say are. So myself, you know. Somehow we made something of ourselves. I yeah, because you know uh, DJ Red was in that too. Yeah, man. It's some serious talented and individuals. Yeah, he's in that killing circle. it too. Oh, DJ Red's the man. Yeah. Uh, so you met Carson playing paintball. Yeah, and yeah. Um, actually we parted ways you know we were never like super close but uh i was working on a production it was a pilot for a television series that's now in production uh still the king it's got billy ray cyrus in it Hmm. really funny show it's on cmt i believe but anyway i was working on the pilot and uh i was helping the gaffer hold this light over his head i mean it was we're all about safety in the film industry this was not (laughs) one of our finer moments (laughs) but uh anyway uh we had a cardboard snoot basically which is like a a way of directing light into one direction and the light was just getting super hot and i'm supposed to be watching this guy and kind of directing him through the crowd and everything as we're shooting this scene with billy ray size and i look over and i'm like oh that's carson shit like out of nowhere it's been years since i've seen him and someone starts tapping me on the shoulder and i look over and it's the production assistant and he points up and that cardboard snoot has like is smoking (laughs) and is about to catch fire and like he's holding this light over all these extras and past that point totally lost track of carson never got to say anything to him but i thought that was pretty funny like that's how close we were (laughs) production just continued i was like hey where where did that guy go and they're like i was like i don't know the handsome guy he was an extra i don't know he's standing out there (laughs) billy right yeah everyone thought i was super weird (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy yeah so I guess I have a question to take us back and get us started how or how you got started. When did you know that photography and filmmaking was going to be your career? When I lost my first job. I was working. I got an in, a paid internship at Scripps. I was going to Pellissippi for production, but I thought I wanted to be like an editor and assemble stuff and be like producer side and everything. And I was they were training me to be a predator, which is producer editor role and uh I was watching these videos. That, what a clever combination, I know, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of frightening. But this host, she was a producer at Scripps. She would bring in these videos, and I would see them, and I'm like, man, I could shoot better than this. And they, they're getting to go to all these cool places and stuff like that. And so I got a camera, and I started shooting and uh, went to a lake up in the Smokies called uh, Santilla and filmed wakeboarding. We were supposed to stay a night, ended up staying four days, and I totally blew a deliverable that I had with this producer. (laughs) So I ultimately came back. She totally fired me, and I was like, no, this is a sign. Like I wanted to do that way more. wanted to do the producing, editing kind of thing. And from that point on, like I went to film school, um, stayed in Nashville for a while, got into the camera department, and just took off i just love cameras everything about them photography well you like really messing around with like real camera stuff like 35 millimeter oh yeah yeah the old school stuff yeah like i i just do that for fun now so it's it's such an expensive hobby i'm sure it probably (laughs) is stupid so the technology part is your favorite part of filming then yeah i mean i i got i was fortunate enough to shoot a lot of film in film school like Mm. 35 millimeter motion picture film and 16 millimeter and Mm. stuff like that and it's just 
for me to continue working the way that I do, like I just have to switch over to digital. I have to be stoked about it. You know, I think film's kind of dead and that's kind of why I'm into the 35 millimeter photography thing. Like that's when I got into it, that's what I fell in love to was having like this tangible thing I can hold. Like I shot this, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of a memory card. So like the, the photography thing is definitely kind of a throwback to that. Like, and so, but yeah, I have to keep up with the digital now, Mm. but it does excite me. Like it's cool the way cameras are progressing and, uh, the way the technology is going. Well, the appreciation for lighting and photography and especially 35 millimeter photography yeah. is going to give you a better angle for a film. Totally. When you're the director of photography for film and you have to totally get that budget totally. and go set the lighting and set the scene for it. I can yeah. imagine them going very hand in hand and it's sharp, oh, yeah. you know, iron sharpening iron, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. What's the best work of film that you admire that I haven't done? Yeah, not your work. Any, Who you admire the most? Like what mo- how that, about this? Top three? Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Boom. No Country for Old Men. Mm. And probably, um, God, I'm completely blanking on the name. Another movie that the Coen brothers did with uh, Big Roger Lebowski. Deakins. No. <laughs> uh, Who'd you say was in it? Escaped from Jail. George Clooney. Um, Old Timey. From the 40s. Oh, oh, Brother Where Arthur. Oh, Brother yeah. Where Arthur. Oh, Brother Arthur. Yeah. That, the one that's yeah. the homage to, like, uh, the yeah. Odyssey. Or, I not can't Odyssey, believe I... Uh, Iliad. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't believe I just blanked mm-hmm. on that. But, yeah, and Roger Deakins shot all of them. He shot the new uh, remake of Blade Runner coming up. We talked about the Blade looks Runner remake. nuts. God, it looks um, so pretty. If I could shoot stuff like that. Whew, man. Rod, <laughs> that's where I want to make it, man. But, yeah, that dude kills it. Roger Deakins, he's awesome. Nice. Cool. Shawshank Redemption was the correct answer, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) That is the correct answer. All right, so I got one. It's not based on technology, but more on, like, the film and shows and commercials that come through. What is the worst idea that's ever been pitched to you as far as a commercial idea or film idea or show idea? The worst. Uh, I have a hard time answering this because a lot of them are currently... (laughs) (laughs) um oh man for me i think and like i know this is probably not the answer that you're wanting but like i just don't get to see that side as much you know i mean i've listened to other people that have said and like oh my god they pitched this idea Mm. one of them was a tv show where it was called the sex box oh yeah here we go and it was couples who were having problems in the bedroom and they would go and talk to this therapist and after the therapist had heard whatever they needed to hear they would go to this pretty large box and have sex and then come back and talk to the therapist about what happened oh this is perfect for tlc then (laughs) yeah that makes sense right after my 600 pound life yeah i mean and i was just like what someone pitched that like I mean, I don't know what network. And you're talking real couples that are supposed to really go into this box and for a television show. Not only have to have sex in a box and go back and talk to the therapist, but they know they're on camera on a television show the entire time. Wow, writers have balls, man. They do that stuff. Yeah, no, we we talked about we talked about Sharknado. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, we did. It's like someone had the balls to go into a boardroom with a with a binder that said "sharks in a tornado." (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I've always wanted to be asked. To and work somebody on one of said those. yes. <laughs> yeah. But I think that, it would be so much but fun. But see, it's movies like that that get completed at that huge budget that yeah. keep people trying and shooting for sex box. Totally. You know? Absolutely. They're like, well, Sharknado got picked up. Right. Of course. Of course mm. they, Trump get got elected. I mean, <laughs> hell, what else could happen? <laughs> 
Sorry. So how, how about this? Is it this is kind of a serious question? So yeah. Is it harder to get started on something or to keep going? Ah oh, man, I was actually talking to my wife about this recently. I am a person where I get an idea and I get like so much steam behind it, and then we get like halfway through. It could be like a commercial or something, and I just I don't know. I think as a creative, we always tend to get distracted. <laughs> by yeah. other things you know yeah it's like oh well that's not shiny anymore but that is i'm gonna pay attention to that but yeah i i'm one of those people i halfway through i need some motivation and usually i think that's why i never went that director role because the director man you got to stay focused like solid the entire way through or the production's totally going to show like it's going to not be as good as it possibly could be but like my role like i you know having someone that's like this is kind of the the vision this is what we're going for and i can tackle it from a technical aspect you know that kind of helps me keep going and motivate me well well further on that how do you know when story is finished like when to walk away and when to keep pushing through especially when you hit that that brick wall (sighs) man that's a good question that's a really good question and is it just is it a feel thing i I, i think it is like i think you know you go into these situations i do a lot of real life filming like people in doing their real thing i don't do a a lot of narrative i want to get into that but right now i'm really actually enjoying going around and just filming people doing what they're doing every day and getting to see cool stuff that a lot of people don't get to see and um but yeah like in that essence there's a story told too though there is and it's like you know as a filmmaker you have to understand like what everyone else wouldn't see in this person like they're they're normal simple people you know mm. most of the time like and there's they they don't think they're interesting so you know to go in there and spend time with them and like try to develop a story i mean obviously the person has to have something of interest going on with them you know but yeah we we get to see a lot of cool people and it's just i don't know it's hard to under it's hard to explain like when that kind of ends yeah because you, know? you want to keep filming you're like man this is super interesting it's like a reality interesting part though is the simplicity yeah you know sometimes the story that people have to tell is the simple part of their life which is a lot of the tennessee filming that you do correct yeah yep absolutely i mean yeah like we went to jack daniels recently and filmed uh for a television series we're doing right now and there's these there's three guys at jack daniels that burn the burn wood to make the charcoal to send the whiskey through to basically give it its color its flavor and everything that's all they do every single day and i mean they they light the fire they light it with whiskey and they sit back and they watch it from these benches and i'm asking a thousand questions to these guys and they're like what is this dude why does he care (laughs) we sit here and watch this thing burn it gets to a certain point we put water on it but i mean it's fascinating like every single bit of jack daniels that goes all around the world goes through these guys and if their job isn't like on point it doesn't taste the same, you know, and, and it's they just don't like, see it that way. They don't, they don't because they've done it for so long, but it's just, it's super fascinating. That's, I, I really do like documentary filmmaking. Like that's, it's a lot of fun getting to see those stories hmm. and people that are underappreciated for sure. And because watching them on the other side of it for us, yeah. and I guess there's three sides, the watcher, the actor, and then the filmer and the director. Yeah. And from our side of it, where we watch it, it's very interesting how they decide when the story is over. Yeah. Like, when are we done telling totally. the story? Totally. No matter whether it's a documentary, it's a narrative, it's a drama, it's a you know, rom-com, whatever. Yeah, or it's yeah. mid-sentence in The Sopranos. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And, and I imagine that a lot, of, a lot of it's a feel, and a yeah. lot of that is where yeah. the difference between good 
good, great, and elite yeah. comes and, from. And you have to go into it with a plan. Like, you have to have some kind of understanding what the end goal is, you know? I mean, yeah, happy accidents and discoveries happen throughout the entire process. But, you know, if you don't have those parameters in place, that, that production plan, it can go a bad way really quick and then then you're just like you know what are we doing we're filming interviews for hours and hours and hours and they're not saying anything you know Mm. so you kind of that's that's where the director steps in it has to kind of lead the charge he has to see the end goal and whether he completely sees that or not you know that's I don't know. That's where productions can go bad. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I'm sure they can derail quickly, too. Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. I, I want to follow up to that, because you, you said you know you got to see a lot of really interesting places. Uh, you spoke briefly about going to Jack Daniels and seeing that cool experience. Like, What are like some of the other like just super memorable experiences you've gotten to experience? You know, going all across Tennessee and filming all the things that you film. Yeah. Or even people, too. Man, with the show Tennessee Uncharted, which it's on PBS, we're about to start our fourth season. Is there a certain day and time that people can watch it? That hasn't been decided yet, but it will be changing, I believe, to Tennessee Valley Uncharted. Um, Mm. We went from TWRA sponsorship to TVA sponsorship, and now the um, show is going to cover all the states that TVA touches basically which um, is Alabama, think, Georgia, all North Carolina, states. South yep. Carolina. Yeah. I might so, just talk about that Virginia. later. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that's really exciting. With Tennessee and Charter, I mean we traveled all across the state and got to see some really cool things, but the coolest thing I think was just the experiences. Like going down the Ocoee River. We went to uh, Memphis and paddleboarded down the Wolf River, which is this kind of tributary off the Mississippi River and it's all these cypress trees and there's all these like cypress knobs coming out and you just have this little trail that you're going down through this river and the different ecosystems you get to see from east to west like it's such a diverse state yep that ding 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 ding. yeah it's insane it's like second most in the nation behind florida it's like three (laughs) states in one it's Mm -hmm. insane Mm -hmm. and i mean west tennessee i mean it's it's fun but you know it's not flat plane it's it's not as exciting but this new series remastered we've got to meet up with some really cool people um there's a guy in franklin tennessee who's a haute couture fashion designer um, like premieres at London Fashion Week and has all these famous models modeling his stuff and he is growing plants to make the dyes for his clothes so I mean it's fully sustainable his clothing is ridiculous I mean it's gorgeous and he's growing all of these plants so I mean and I mean to be on like we were talking earlier like Cara Delevingne and like Giselle and all these supermodels Mm. are wearing his stuff and Mm. he's just like out the farm like oh yeah this grape will make a nice purple you know (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty crazy but um but yeah him and uh getting to meet the people at jack daniels um barrett firearms uh getting to learn kind of the history of the barrett 50 cal and how it's kind of like tennessee state rifle that's recent right I feel like the Barrett rifle being was recent. Yeah, it was, uh, I guess it was like kind of the late 80s, early 90s that that really took off. But now they have like a hunting rifle line, shotguns. They're more like consumer based Mm -hmm. now a little bit. But yeah, they're growing like crazy. But yeah, just meeting meeting people like that that have just done cool things in Tennessee. Like it's it's a ton of fun. We got to go up to L.C. King in Bristol. They've been making denim jeans for 
hundred years or something like that and like it's just it's pointer jackets if you've ever seen the jacket with like the bird dog on it you know yeah. yep they make all of those up there in bristol like wow. and they've just held on been a family business and it's just incredible nice yeah you probably buy that jacket and you don't have to buy another one until you're dead yeah exactly yeah <laughs> it was funny the guy told us that people in japan were buying his jeans way more than people in america because they lasted longer they're like oh no we'll sell you the jeans that we're making for you but we want the stuff you're making because it's way better <laughs> that's interesting yeah that's like his biggest market hmm. i'm just sure stuff like those that jeans just... aren't cheap though oh yeah they they were like two to four hundred dollars a pair <laughs> but i mean it lasts a lifetime yeah you know? like i mean if, if you take care of them need. yeah wow. yeah and if you don't change your size which I'm sure that happens a lot in China. You stay <laughs> yeah, your same size yeah. your whole life. You're good. You got $400 for a <laughs> lifetime investment in jeans. Yeah. Done. <laughs> Never have to think about it again. Done. That's crazy, man. It's amazing the what all, when you start to dig and start to dig a little bit more yeah. into the state, into the local, yeah. and what's all going on, the, yeah. the the fibers that build the state. It's really interesting. Yeah, We're getting into that into our next top, so this is perfect. So, totally. What you got, Hayden? I'm going to make it some fun now. Ready? How do you like your steak? Oh, rare. The, thank for you. Sure. There you go. Rare. Thank Kicking. you. I'm still thumping on his plate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, sleep with one, marry one, kill one. Here Tom, we go. Here it is. Oh, boy. Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, Tom Arnold. Mm. Uh, Tom Trio. Uh, I'm sorry Tom Hardy didn't make it on the list. Or Tom Brady. <laughs> so it's Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks and Tom Arnold from Rose. Kill Tom Arnold, marry Aww. Tom Hanks, and probably have a little shag session with Tom Cruise. <laughs> tickle fight. I'm tickle, tickle fight. Tickle fest. <laughs> I can I can handle that. I, I might suppose. trade Arnold for Cruise, but I, I'm with you on that. I'd I'd marry Tom Hanks. You oh, seems like yeah. you take guy. Tom Arnold into the bedroom. I may not Ooh. be a but smart Tom man. Cruise though is a he's the he's worst. a slight man. He's the worst. <laughs> He's the worst. <laughs> He's a freaking like Scientologist, man. Come on. We can move on. <laughs> man, all of my questions you've touched on. What would you like to do in film you haven't done yet? Oh, uh, narrative work, for sure. Absolutely. And you touched on it earlier a little bit with the the Butcher Brothers things. That would be a that'd be a cool venture, but yeah, man. Uh That was all off air. That was that was all off air, yeah. <laughs> and it needs to stay. We'll off keep air. it that way for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. It needs to stay that. way. I was way. trying to go into something organically, but yeah, man, uh, narrative film. Uh, that that's what I was doing in Nashville before I moved to Knoxville. Um, I was a freelance assistant cameraman working on uh, actually the series Nashville for the first season. Nice. Um, Whoa. And uh, Hayden yeah. Panettiere is small in, in real life. Is I she, think she is. Yeah, she's tiny. Yeah, yeah. Period. And she's married to a six foot eight Russian dude. Big dude. Yeah. Super nice guy, but yeah, yeah, scary dude. Yeah. <laughs> scary is right. Yeah. Who, who? I didn't know she was married. Who's Vladimir she? Klitschko. Yeah. I've referenced Vladimir Klitschko in uh, HYH. He, Not a guy you want to run into in an alley. <laughs> so Let's just say that. See if you can go back and watch highlights. They've got dogs that keep up with that sort of stuff, don't you know? <laughs> true. true. That's true. They yeah. got cameras. Yeah. So yeah, going back then, working on narrative stuff and commercial work's a lot of fun too. Because like I said, you go in, you're in and out in a month. 
doing doing some fun stuff, you know, and on to the next. But yeah, narrative. I don't know. It's just something about it. Something about you know, lighting actors and actresses, and they're doing their thing. It's it's like all of the forces of production coming together, and they're at their best. You know, is the way that I feel like. So sitcom or feature film wouldn't matter. Uh, I mean, sitcom probably not. That's pretty just you know a set stage where they do the pre-lighting and it's oh, all yeah that doesn't have a need for a cody yeah, yeah i don't know i'm i'm I like maybe being... a, a higher production show not yeah. a sitcom but... yeah yeah like oh i mean a netflix series my gosh mm, yeah. they're having so much fun at netflix right now Dude, they're gobbling up all this original it's content it's insane cody. it's, it's insane do, brother i know man it's nuts like i i read an article that they're planning and i mean i don't know if this is held true but the in 2017 alone, they're going to spend $8 billion. Yes, it is exactly $8 billion, brother. On their original <laughs> production. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. We did an expose on, on Netflix, and it's exactly $8 billion. They're going to have 1,700 hours of original programming this year on Netflix. Nuts. Compared to 800 hours last year. Yeah. So next year, they're going to have 3,500 hours of original programming, and they need filmmakers like you to come up with awesome shit that I people know. want to watch. Absolutely. I'm telling you, man. They're buying up small comic book companies and small filmmaking yeah, companies yeah. all over the country. It's the gravy train. Just so that train. they can have original content. Totally. Oh, this is beautiful. Yeah. They just want to own TV and film in general. Mm -hmm. Would you consider that selling out? No. No. I think they're doing awesome content. Like, if they... Agreed. Yeah. No, they're doing it, I think, the right way. And I know that, you know, I read recently, like, Christopher Nolan's a little in a tizzy about like netflix like being shown at the academy awards and stuff like that it needs theatrical release like i think times are changing you know like i think there's a new digital era coming in we absorb content a totally different way mm. and you know it's from the comfort of our own homes now there are movies i think yeah go to the theaters like you should do that you know but i also think theaters need to class up their act a little bit it seems like they've went a little they've strayed a little bit and those that have tried to make the serious comfort upgrades have also reached deeper into our pockets so that's true uh, those that have made the attempt have not made it that much more accessible for people true. that's true Man, I, I went to an amc theater once where it was the like the lazy boy recliners with a uh $18 ticket it was an $18 ticket yes yep. yeah. but that's my point but like but i'm telling you i was sitting in a lazy boy recliner maybe not lazy boy but you know big ass chair <laughs> and uh they had a swivel out table in front of you and like a butler button basically yeah. you could order pictures of beer and everything excuse else. me jeeves no i'm for real dude like you'd be watching the movie and then you just hit that button and then like a minute later mm -hmm. dude comes walking up guess what yeah, you know, I need butter on my popcorn. <laughs> and he goes and gets it, and it's just like a restaurant. At the end of the movie, they come bring you your bill, and you pay it. But I, from a creative standpoint, I do see where people are like, no, you should. I, I want to receive that much money to see what I've created. You know, like you, you hear people spending hundreds of dollars to go see a play or at the theater or something mm -hmm. like that. And then, and granted, they those people have put in a ton of work and effort, but these filmmakers have put in a ton of work and effort as well. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it should be thought of more in that way going to the theater you take a date and it's a night you know you guys go to dinner and it needs to be a little bit more like that now yeah, now, because it, people... now it's kids kicking the back of your seat and like candy everywhere yeah, i think that's also a product of the movies that are out these that's days. true that's true hollywood's not killing it no man they're not people need to see movies as an art again like, you hit it on the head yeah if they don't see it absolutely as an art, then they're not going to totally. respect it the yeah. way you want them to they want to go see explosions yeah and we, monsters we yeah. touched on this episode 
episodes back about music, the difference yeah, of, exactly. of like the digital age of music versus like sitting down in your den, putting on a record and listening to yeah, the music. Absolutely. There's such a difference there than just like road music. It's or, also the quality difference that you have to choose from. Mm, yeah. You're putting on records from the 70, 60s, 70s, 80s of that type of music versus the music that you have to choose from these days. And that's maybe that's me being an ageist and being, <laughs> you know, all that about a certain genre or certain decade or whatever of music. But music isn't like it used to be. Movies aren't like they used to be. No. So maybe that's why the the consummation of those two things isn't like it used to be. Yeah. But I like your answer. Um, about narrative because I think that's probably the best way for any director, producer, any writer to show off their style. Like totally. we all watch something on Netflix or watch a TV show and know right away, oh, that's so-and-so's style. Yeah. And then you don't even have to ask who's writing the next show because once you've watched it, you already know that's their style. You can get so, a feel from it pretty quick. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so when you're able to make films like that, everyone knows, oh, man, that's Cody's style. Let's get Cody to write this for it or make this for us. I'm waiting to hear that. <laughs> it's going to happen. We need Cody in here. I imagine that it's He's a, the only guy. It's a planned thing for some, but yeah. then I imagine it's just a natural, organic thing that happens yeah. for others. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it would probably be more natural and organic for someone like yourself with the types of film work that you do, like the Tennessee Uncharted. That's really cool. What else you got, Hayden? What's uh, what's coming up next for Cody? What, uh, what, what, what programming should we be looking forward to? Uh, we have a series coming out. Um, it'll be hopefully the first of the year called Remastered. Um, as a series I kind of touched on earlier, we go to different people who are still you know handcrafting things in Tennessee, even if it's on a large scale. You know, I mean, like Jack Daniels, they have a lot of gallons of whiskey coming through that place every mm-hmm. second <laughs> but there's one guy who's going around testing every barrel making sure like hey is this to our quality you that's know? a nice job testing the whiskey yeah right and no matter how big they get they're keeping it at the one dude yeah that's yeah cool. it's nuts man and yeah i can't remember the number of how much how many gallons of whiskey go out of that place a day but it's ridiculous i believe it but yeah so we got that series coming up um we covered uh, like i said barrett um that uh hoka tour designer but also tennessee valley uncharted should be starting up probably before the summer um so that'll be another one to look out for and uh, we've got some commercials coming up for uh knoxville tva credit union that's a little bit more local thing but right but yeah yeah so some commercial work and anything that you see on hgtv's kind of social network any of the diy stuff or he's the guy behind the camera. I'm the guy behind the camera most of the time. <laughs> yep. They're, Dude, they're incredible. fun. They're fun. I mean, they get a lot of views. And those are like 60, 45 second to 60 second spots, right? Yeah. How and many of those do you short. normally knock out in a day? We normally do about three a day. Okay. I was wondering the planning that goes yeah. behind those. Yeah. And... It's about three a day. It's become, we used to do a little bit more a day, but they've just become a little bit more involved, especially with how much publicity they're getting and you know with uh scripts being recently purchased by discovery networks you know so we're trying to like tailor to some of that kind of stuff you know and right and stay viable scripts is a knoxville company correct? they are yeah they're yeah. based in knoxville they were um a, it's a lot of different networks man hgtv diy it's like all those home living networks gac all that good stuff that's um, cool so yeah they're they're here and but yeah they just got purchased so the deal goes through in february so discovery, by who discovery, discovery networks oh who carson has a show coming out on discovery that's, id that's right yeah and it's it yeah it's it's all weird most of the um 
murder reenactment shows that you see on like uh, True TV and stuff mm-hmm. like that. They're filmed here. It's super crazy. There's a whole company, Jupiter Media. They do awesome work, and they're based here in Knoxville. I can picture. I can close my eyes. I watch forensic files like yeah. crazy, and I can close yeah. my eyes and picture the Jupiter Media yep. symbol at yep. the end of every yep. episode. Hmm. I had no idea they're from Knoxville. There used to be, and I know this is super specific to people who live in Knoxville, but Getty's view. There's that old gas station. Yeah, that's you know that. That's where Jupiter is now. What? What? Yeah. Is that not nuts? How crazy weird. Yeah. That's Jupiter Entertainment now. Wow. That gives me hope, brother. (laughs) (laughs) That gives me hope. We do a lot. We, I, I don't know how many, it may have been last year or the year before, we were third in the nation in television production. Knoxville. Oh, nice. Wow. Isn't that nuts? That is actually That's a very cool crazy. stat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just all because of Scripps Network and those guys doing those murder reenactment shows. Huh. I mean, they're just pumping out shows. It's awesome. And so, there is such a market for that. Totally. Shows, absolutely. It's great for the people, the freelancers in Knoxville. I mean, everybody's getting to work. It's great. Hmm. Hmm. No idea. Yeah. Jupiter Media. That's crazy. Hmm. Next time Steph and I are watching Forensic Files, I'll be like, I know where that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's an abandoned gas station. <laughs> nice. So anything else we need to know before we stop this van and get out of here for the night? Man, I think that about covers it. I mean, I could probably talk for hours, but... Yeah, we didn't get really into the technical part of your job, but that's also stuff hey. you live and breathe every day, and I didn't want you to have to you know, it's all good. talk about it while you're not getting paid for it. So, <laughs> um, You've been awesome. This, is, this has really been cool. There's been a lot of things that you've said that I never, ever really would have thought of. Yeah. It's kind of cool coming off of the episode with Carson. Yeah, totally. Seeing that. Because like I said, I really tr- truly feel like when it comes to film or any kind of production like that, there are three sides to it. Yeah. There's the watcher. Yeah. There's the actor. And then there's the people that are putting yep. on the production. And I feel like the person putting on the production has all of the weight on their shoulders. You yeah. Know, so. it, it, it can feel that way, but I really don't envy that actor side. Yeah. Oh, man, you have to put yourself out there. See, and they say the other thing, uh, you know, they say, there's no way I could do that. This is easy yeah. for me and all yeah, that. And I know, but I, it's so easy for like someone to say, oh, this is lighting's bad. And I can just bury my head behind the camera. Like, oh, oh well. And drape the cloth over your yeah. head. Just completely <laughs> shut yourself out. <laughs> exactly. Get a flashlight. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have to still perform after the director's like, well, that take was terrible. Let's try that again. True. <laughs> guess that's a good point well listen i think that i speak for all three of us when i say that we would love to have you back sometime in the future absolutely yes i, yes. I mean I, we knew each other 10 years ago yeah damn it. so been it's a while it's been a while but we definitely want to keep up with you we definitely totally. want to keep you close to the van so absolutely see what you got going on and it's been a fun ride and it's been awesome thanks a lot for joining us absolutely man. thanks for uh, having me please go check out cody's work check out tennessee valley uncharted we'll catch you on the next one